Welcome to the White Man Can Jump podcast. This is your host, John Whited, on this Sunday afternoon, or this Sunday morning, the afternoon, we get Selection Sunday, which your Virginia Tech Hokies will be in the tournament for sure because they are ACC champions. Can't say the same about your Virginia Cavaliers, Brownlee, but, um, you know, you win some, you lose some, you can't win them all. We're uh, looking forward to next year at this point. Yeah, I mean, you're two years removed from, or three years removed from a championship, so you, you can't be too upset. No, definitely not. So. Champions, uh, banners hang forever. Exactly. That's the same with us. ACC banners hang forever, too. <laughs> you know, it's, it's going to yeah. be up there. It's an exciting run. We'll see if they make it out of the first round. Yeah, I mean, they they probably won't. I mean, they're playing really well. I mean, they they could beat anyone. That's the thing. No one wants to play them right now because they can they can shoot from outside and they got a dominant big man um, who can take over the game any game. So uh, we'll see. I'm not not gonna get my hopes up. I wasn't expecting us to make the playoffs going into the, or the not the playoffs the uh, tournament going into this week. So you know, just take what we got and. Uh, we're playing with house money, so let's let's go. Let it fucking ride. Yeah, let it ride. See what you can get. Yeah, you never know. I mean, March Madness has been crazy the last, I don't know, 10 years really since VCU. I mean, it's kind of always been one one team, you know, eight or eight to ten that makes a run, you know? Yeah, well, I... Uh... I don't know if I'll be rooting for Virginia Tech, but if they win, I will be happy for you. Thank you. I appreciate that. I don't, you don't have to root for them. I, I wouldn't be rooting for UVA. But. <laughs> I could be happy for my friend's happiness. Although, I did at one point not root for UMBC at a bar full of UVA people. And that was the hardest remember, thing I've ever had to do. I remember that game. That was yeah. a hard thing, hard thing to have to do. <laughs> But I did it. Uh, let's jump into the NBA here. So since we last talked, um, there's been two superstar or two young up and coming stars who have made their case as superstars. Uh, we're talking about Ja Morant and Jason Tatum here, um, both under the age of 25. Uh, have really had spectacular seasons and really even more so spectacular runs in the last couple weeks. Um, you know, Ja, you know, I, I think everyone's, you know, seen his coming out party this whole year. Um, he's averaging 27 half points a game, seventh in the league, um, 5.8 rebounds, 6.7 assists, 15th in the league, shooting 50% from two, 35 from three, 76 from the line with the 25 point PER, fifth in the league. So, I mean, those numbers are pretty solid where you, at any point in your career, I mean, more than pretty solid. They're, you know, borderline MVP numbers. Um, and this is only third season. Um, you know, I think he still has room to grow. I mean, he leads the league in um, points per game in the paint. I think the last guard to do that was Tony Parker, uh, who was even smaller than him and less athletic. But um, for any guard to do that, it's incredible. Um, it's funny, if, if Zion was playing this year, they would probably have been number one and number two. Um, but after being number one, number two in the draft. Um, but Zion might never play again. Who knows? 
Although he's back with the yeah. team. So maybe, maybe I can't imagine they bring him back at this point. Although they are playing for the playoffs. I think we're looking until next year with Zion. Yeah, that, that's what uh, I would do too. Turning but. Our, yeah. Turning the attention to Jaw, like you said, he's um, you know, top 10 in PER, he's top 10 in box plus minus, top 10 in warp. Like all of the advanced stats love him. Uh, the game film loves him. Watching him play is really exciting. And like you said, he is, what, 22 years old right now. Um, so you can definitely make the case that he's a top 10 player this season in the league. And he is so young, leading a team that is, <clears throat> you know, they're going to have uh, expectations in the playoffs that they're going to win a round, if not two rounds. Um, maybe they're maybe their focus is even on getting to the finals. So uh, it's pretty insane to be the best player on that team at 22 years old. Um, and I think it does set himself up as uh, maybe not even a future superstar, but a current superstar. Yeah, I mean, at this point, I think I w- I'd have to say he is. I mean, he's proven it the whole year. Um, I mean... He's definitely in the MVP running, which we'll get into later. Um, I think he's also got a good case for the most improved player in the league. Um, most people wouldn't think of that since he's was already good last year. But the leap he's made has been pretty incredible. I mean, you know, a couple weeks ago he set the scoring record for the Grizz in back-to-back games. Um, with the new scoring record for the Grizz being 46 is his record. Um you know, the same night he had that incredible dunk over Pirtle and the buzzer beater um, half court or full court pass um, at ha- halftime. So, I mean, he's just not only has he approved it on the court, what he does on the court brings so much attention to him that people just love him. Um, and everyone everyone can uh, can relate to a superstar like that. It's just everyone thinks that's what they would do if they could dunk like John Moran could, is they would go up and try to dunk on everyone. But nobody does that. John Moran actually does, and that's why it's so fun. Um, because he's 6'2", 6'3", and he just tries to dunk on every 7-footer he sees. Like Even if it's not the best basketball play sometimes, which you know you can make an argument against that, but I'll take that over over making the pass to the corner sometimes um, just, just to let them know that you're coming at them every time. And, you know... I think, you know, people have made a lot of comparisons with him over the last few weeks, and one of the ones I've heard, and it's the ones I kind of immediately thought of, like, the, earlier this year when he was making, um, you know, his rise, um, is a young Derrick Rose. I mean, the way he attacks the basket, his athleticism, um, you know, they, they both had a little bit of a jump shot. Um, Jaws got a better one than Derrick Rose ever did. Um, and Jaws only getting better. So, I mean, who, who knows? I mean, that, that's the thing, like, kind of what I put it. What, what's their career ceiling on both these guys? I don't know that I'd want to, like, we, we haven't gotten to Tatum yet, but, like, um, I don't know that I'd want to put a ceiling on it yet. I mean, I think, you know, I mean, he's, he's in the MVP conversation this year. So, like, is he a future MVP? I, why, why couldn't he be if he, I mean, 
why couldn't he be if he is yeah. almost this year? You know, I mean, if it wasn't for like three of the best seasons like we've seen in a long time, which once again we'll get into, he would be right there. Yeah, I mean, we can say he's in the MVP conversation right now, but it's not really. Uh, he's not going to get the MVP. Well, no, just like he, he just because you have to vote for five people. Sure, sure, yeah, but yeah, we know it's going to be like one of Embiid, Jokic, or Giannis. Yeah, um, and like you said, they're just having insane seasons. Um, all of them are going to like try to reset the upper limit for PER this year or something like that, um, which is pretty wild. And, uh, but that being said, that shouldn't discount what Ja has done this year. Yeah, I, I don't think we should put a ceiling on him either. I think, you know, areas he can improve is uh, one you just mentioned, but the jump shot, it's you know, better than D Rose had at the same point, but still is an area he can improve a little more in. Um, yeah, so if he unlocks that shot and <clears throat> improves you know, shooting off the dribble, shooting um, from a spot standpoint, that just opens up even more driving lanes for him and allows him to hit the basket and murder it with his dunks even more. Yeah, I mean, it, if he can make you come up and and respect the jumper off that screen... Um, it, it just, you won't be able to guard him. Not that people are having much luck right now anyways, but it'll just take it to another level. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I think the Grizz, you know, everyone thought, you know, they got unlucky with the second pick in that draft. And now you, I think everyone would take Jaw over Zion just with Zion's, you know, health, potential health issues and, you know, Jaw's emergence. So, um, you know, they, they got a lot of good young players and, you know, they could be something um, that is competing in the Eastern or the Western Conference for a while. So, um, so yeah, I mean, this this year also, like at the beginning of the year, kind of just felt like, you know, they were playing with house money. But at this point, like, they're just good. They're, they're the number two seed right now. Um, they can't have that mindset, like... You know, who, who knows what Chris Paul is going to come back like. I mean, I'm sure he'll be fine. It didn't sound like it was that serious of an injury. But, you know, messed up with the chemistry there and everything was rolling. And who, who knows what it'll be like. I mean, uh, um, and then everyone else, you know, definitely has their fatal flaws um, in the West. So it's wide open this year. So they got a shot. Yeah, uh, I'll be bringing the point up. Sure. Yeah, they're fun. That's that's the thing. I think a lot of people can get behind them just because they're fun, especially Jaw. Um, so um, let's let's uh, jump to Tatum here, who you know also has been on a surge, just like the Celtics have the last really this this calendar year. The Celtics have been great, and um, Tatum has been. You know, he was an All Star again this year. I think that was his fourth in a row, um, and you know he's averaging just under twenty seven points a game. Eighth in the league, eight point two rebounds, four point two assists, forty four, thirty four, eighty five shooting splits. Um, he's averaging forty one points a game in March. Um, that's five games, so small sample size, but still forty one points. He's got five forty point games a season and four fifty point games in his career, um, tying Larry Bird for the Celtics record. Um, 
and he had a 54-point game followed by a 44-point game last year. So, I mean, he's proven time and time again, especially over the last couple seasons, that he can put up, he can go off on any night and as much as anyone. I mean, he's had, a, I know he had a 60-point game last year, or maybe two years ago, several 50-point games. So, I mean, he, when he gets it rolling, there's not much stopping him. He's as skilled as anyone in the league with his size, his shooting, um, He's just a smooth, smooth player, and there's not much you can do to, not, you know, knock him off his game. He, he's going to get to his spots. He's going to get the shots he wants to get, just a matter of whether or not he makes them a lot of times. Um, there's not much you can do about it. Yeah, and he's been really good. The Celtics, in general, have just been amazing since uh, the new year started. Uh, if you look at their... Or, the NBA's best three-player lineups since the new year. It is Boston, 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 Miami. So our top ten, eight of the top, the first eight of the top ten in terms of best lineups this year. This yeah. year being since Game uh, One. Yeah, the. Are, Another stat I have is NBA plus minus leaders over the past seven weeks. Top five, Jason Tatum plus 304. Marcus Smart plus 249. Al Horford plus 242. Rob Williams plus 208. Jalen Brown plus 194. No one else in the league was within 25 points of Jalen Brown. (laughs) And Jason Tatum is 110 points above Jalen Brown. (laughs) Yeah, I mean you you gotta you gotta treat Boston as a serious contender in the East um, coming into the playoffs. Yeah, especially and, that defense. I mean that defense has yeah. been insane, um, which it makes sense when you got the two wings that they have, which is what you want. I think that's yeah. I think that's a recipe for success in the playoffs. Um, is having I want to have as many guys that can do everything on a basketball court on my team as I can. There's not that many guys that can do that, so it's not that easy to find. But um, having Tatum and and Brown, I mean, is is great. I think in the playoffs, and then you got you know they can both defend on the wing, provide scoring, playmaking. Um, Robert Williams provides rebounding, shot blocking, great presence at the rim. Marcus Smart. You know, is a wild card at times, but he's, he's still a great defender. Um, you know, he's the heart and soul of that team. Um, they're getting contributions from, you know, a little bit of everywhere now. Um, Derek White is coming off the bench, giving them good minutes, much better than Schroeder was. Um, so, I mean, this, this team looks pretty solid, and uh, it lo- looks like everyone has figured out their roles, and they're playing together really well as a team, it seems like. Yeah, I think it's it's definitely been a transition from the beginning of the year where there was a lot of criticism levied at Brown and Tatum uh, regarding just like the stickiness of the ball, like it just stopped with them. I, I think that's improved as the team has like gelled together more and gotten more into Ime's system, um, and then I think some emergence of uh, uh, sorry of Sharp as more the playmaker in the group. I, I, I think if we were to criticize Peyton, that's like one of his deficiencies is playmaking. 
but as a scorer, he is absolutely elite. Yeah, I mean, he he gets hot from three, and then he just, once he gets in his bag, I mean, um, starts hitting that jumper, he gets the hole too, he hits a mid-range, and he'll just shoot right over you because he's 6'10". I mean, it's it's tough. I mean, you don't have many guys that big that can hang with him on the perimeter, so... Um, he's always got the advantage. He also jumps really high on his jump shot, I've noticed. So, I mean, it's tough to really affect his jump shot. So it's more, you know, up to, uh, you know, whether he makes it or not sometimes, it seems like. So, um, especially when he gets going, uh, it doesn't seem like there's much you can do to stop him. So, yeah, I mean, I I think I think it's easier to put a, a ceiling on Tatum because we've he might be playing his best ball this year, but we've seen him play ball pretty close to this for like three years now, right? And so, you know, I think I think his, you know, ceiling is really, um, you know, all NBA, you know, second team, something like that. Have a couple third team, a couple second teams maybe throughout his career uh, over the next five years or so, five, six years. I think he'll, you know, be in that conversation for sure, um, as he goes through the rest of his 20s to until he's about 30. Um, and then who knows? I mean, he might still have another 10 years left in him after that. But uh, I know he's going to be um, he's going to be a beast for a while. So um, there's going to be no stopping him um, as he continues. It seems like every year he's got something new in his bag. So, um, you know, as he continues to improve his game, um, you know, I think we'll see a lot more 50, 60 point games. Maybe not a lot more, but we will continue to see them, I guess is a better way to say it, um, as we have over the last couple of seasons from them. Yeah, it's just great to see players work on themselves and work on their game and see them improve year over year. It's great to see Duke players succeed, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I really, I really do think that's important uh, no I'm just kidding um, they did not succeed last night I know that much that's all that matters um, but let's uh, go ahead and jump from um, John Tatum to the MVP race here so as we mentioned this is a three-headed monster uh, this is probably one of the best MVP races ever I mean I, I I'm not Bill Simmons and I, I don't know the stats of every top five MVP candidate or every top five MVP finisher the last 40 years. But I can't imagine there's ever been a time. Well, I know there's never been a time because it's not possible. So the top three is Embiid, Jokic, and Giannis. And between the three of them, they have the top two PERs of all time for a season and like the seventh highest PER all time in a season. So I, I think that kind of says says how ridiculous this is. And the record that Jokic and Giannis are the two, Jokic has a 32.73 PER, Giannis 32.66, and Embiid 31.62. Jokic and Giannis would be breaking Giannis's record of 31.86 last year. And there's only been 13, 31-plus point PPRs, PPR seasons ever. And there's been five the last 
three years. Or two years. Crazy. Yeah, I know. It's insane. And I think it's also, uh, you know, interesting that I think, you know, five, six years ago, people were calling for the death of the big man. And, like, the best players in the league right now are all these massive centers. I mean, depending on what you want to call Giannis. Well, yeah, I mean, it's kind of like a zig when everyone zags, like, you know, as long as you can stay out on the court on defense, if you, you know, yeah. then you're going to have a huge advantage in offense. And, and that's why these teams and these players are so good. Is I mean, they would still be really good if they had a bunch of big men. Every team was, you know, had started a four and a traditional five like they used to in the 90s. Um, yeah, it'd probably be a little tougher for them. Um, but it would still be great, obviously. So, um I see what you're saying. Yeah, I, I feel like it's really like the death of the uh, unskilled big man. Yeah, like exactly. Skills are at a premium right now. Yeah, and these three are insanely skilled. Yeah, let me just read off their stats here. Just we already read off their PERs, but they're all worth reading here. So just so Embiid, twenty nine point seven points per game, second in the league, eleven point two rebounds, eighth in the league, four point three assists. 49, 35, 82 splits, two and a half stocks at steals and blocks for those that don't know. Like I said, at 31.62 PR, which is like eighth all time, I think. Seventh or eighth, one of the two. And he is a negative 125 favorite to win the MVP, which I find amazing that like anyone's that big of a favorite out of these three. Even with like all the, you know, any of the narratives or anything, but... Jokic, 26.1 points per game, ninth, 13.9 rebounds per game, second, 8.1 assists a game, seventh, um, 57-36, 80 splits. 57-36, that's crazy. And 2.2 stocks, and the best PER of all time at 32.73. He's a plus 145. Um... Those are his odds to win. He's second. Giannis is third at plus 750. He's averaging 29.7 points per game, third in the league, 11 half rebounds, fifth in the league, six assists a game, 19th, 55-31, 72. 72 is important, especially if we can keep that going in the playoffs. Um, And then two and a half stocks and 32.66 PR. I mean, that's... That's insane. Those numbers all right there. Like, you know, um, Bill Simmons, you know, he, in his book said the MVP um, trophy should be weighted differently based off how good of a season you had and how um, competitive the race was. And I think this has to be about as heavy as a trophy as you can get. What would you say? Yeah, I, I love how close it is. I, I agree with you on know that Embiid should really be favored by that much and they should all really be a lot closer than yeah I'm, take, I'm taking Giannis if I'm taking if I'm putting money down just because he's such a big underdog yeah but I do think yeah. part of the problem is that he's won the last couple years I think that's what Embiid has going for him is both of these guys have won within the last the last three MVP winners right yeah I kind of see I kind of wonder if it it, it, it's how the standings 
sort out at the end of the year. Yeah. We're pretty close to each other right now. Um, um, yeah, very close, actually. Half a game between them, the teams. So maybe we'll see if one rises and one fades, and that, that's really going to be the teller. Um, and then on the other side, you know, Nuggets are down in six in the West, which there just aren't a lot of MVPs that come from players that aren't in that like top two or top three in their conference. Yeah. But that shouldn't matter because you should see who he's playing with. <laughs> and the fact that he's doing what he is doing is incredible. Um, I, I honestly don't. I, I think I would give it to Jokic, but I'm also like a huge Jokic stan and just love his game, love his passing. Um, just love how like nonchalant everything he does seems while he's just cooking everyone in the league. Um, it's great. Um, I, I just love everything about him. So, I mean, I, I honestly, you can make an argument for all three. I mean, Giannis is having a better season than I think both of his MVP seasons. Uh, PR would tell you that. Um, Embiid's having his best season. Um, that you can't go wrong with any of them. Uh, I, I think just from personal preference, I would say Jokic because of what he's done with that team. That that's kind of like I think the Bucks have underachieved this year. I think uh, not not because of Giannis. I'm not saying that at all. Um, but they have um, after being you know they are I guess they're up to second now. But you know 42 and 26 isn't what we we're expecting from them this year. So. Um, but I don't know what 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 what's your thoughts? I mean, like I said, you can make a case for anyone. Who do you make a case for? Yeah, I wouldn't say that. Like, I don't think Jokic deserves it. I'm just in terms of the history of the MVP players that are in like six in their conference. It's it's very rare for that to happen. It's like yeah, like Russell Westbrook's triple double season was you know one of the only recent ones at least. Uh, where that happened. Uh, I, I, I heard a quote, and I can't remember where I heard this, but um, <clears throat> someone was asking Jokic like, how he practices those just like insane passes that he makes. And he basically says that he like, never practices anything. It's just like, <laughs> like, just intuitive for him. Like, I want the ball to go there. And his body just does it, which is... Like it, it makes sense like watching him because it's like so unexpected and sudden uh, where the ball goes. Um, I just thought that was awesome. Yeah. Uh, if I had to pick an MVP, I think I would go Jokic. Also, I don't think that's who it's going to be though. You think it's going to be Embiid? Yeah, I do. Oh, I'm going to go to Vegas. They're never wrong, so. <laughs> um, they got Embiid, so. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm fine with whoever wins it. Um, it just sucks that only... Uh, and the other problem is <laughs> one of these people is not going to make first-team All-NBA. <laughs> yeah. By the way, can they both... How does that even work? Do you, is it two centers in a, or a center and two forwards? Because I know in the the All Star game it's just three big men. 
Yeah, I mean, they should really just put all three of them in there. Yeah, they yeah, definitely should. But I think we've run into this problem before where one of them has to go on to the second team, even though... I mean, you also have LeBron and Durant to think about, too. If yeah. you're going to put Giannis at the forward spot, which Giannis should get over both of them, but it's crazy. So much so much talent in the league right now. It's a great, great time to be a fan, great time to be to be associated with the league in any way. So I guess there's one other candidate. When we mentioned Jai, I would say he's probably the fourth um, spot if you're going to make power rankings, uh, but a, a very distant fourth from third place. Uh, and DeRozan, I think, would be a fifth, not too far behind Ja. Um, he's averaging 28 points a game. Uh, that's a career high for him, fourth in the league. Um, 5.4 rebounds, 5.1 assists, 50-35, 87 splits, uh, with a 24.29 PER, 11th in the league. So, I mean, this is DeRozan's best season by far. Uh, and he's shown the playmaking the last couple seasons, actually, uh, which he really didn't show earlier in his career. He was a low assist guy. Now he's getting up to five assists a game. Um, he's been great. Uh, the Bulls are starting to slide a little bit, not helping his case. Um, but it's not, not anything because of him. I mean, he had that stretch earlier where I think he had, he had eight games in a row with 35 points and 50% shooting, uh, which is incredible. That was the the longest streak, such streak in NBA history. So, I mean, he what he's done um, has been remarkable this year and uh, probably looking at a first-team All-NBA spot for him. Um, I, I did hear on Simmons' podcast this week that um, the Lakers wanted DeRozan. I mean, I guess that was a known thing, but that's where it got brought back up and brought to my attention again instead of Westbrook and DeRozan would have signed for less, but they ended up going with Westbrook instead. What a what a fuck up there. GM LeBron. I, I, you gotta, LeBron is an all-time great player. Uh, not a very good GM. <laughs> he's not a good GM. No. Although he's done pretty well in these all-star games, I think, picking his team. Yeah. But that doesn't, that doesn't win you championships. I mean, he got one for LA, so I mean, yeah. he, the, the experiment worked. Yeah, no, not that's this the you win, you win a championship. Everything else doesn't matter, no matter who it is or what the situation is. Doesn't mean you can't be disappointed you didn't get more, but sure. it means whatever you did to get it was worth it. Yeah, totally agree. You got any other MVP <laughs> thoughts? I mean, I think that's pretty much it. Um, uh, embrace how skilled the league is right now. I think that's a great sign. And um, I, I think it also means like we do eventually get um, expansion, which seems like it's going to come sometime soon. Our Las uh, Vegas and Seattle. We've got the talent. We've got the talent to make that work. Yeah. It'd be great, great to have a team in Seattle again. A team in Las okay. Vegas would be fun. So, be nice. I mean, be interesting. I always inter- expansion just interesting to me, especially with the expansion draft and everything like that. It's such a intriguing idea and everything to me. I don't know why, but uh, I I would look forward to that. It sounds like it, it's pretty possible within the next five years. 
Yeah, uh, it'll be it'll be good for the overall sport, I think. Uh, and it just really what we have right now really underscores how strong the league is in terms of just pervasive talent across the board. Yeah, it really is. I mean, it's, it's insane. But all right, let's roll to our next section here. We're gonna do a little buy and sell. Um, for contenders for the rest of the season. So I have 11 contenders here. Um, I, I think you'll agree with all these. Um, if there's any more at the end you'd like to add, let me know. We can, we can discuss them as well. So I'm just going to read off the team and their odds, and you tell me buy and sell for the rest of the season and buy and sell their odds. So Sixers at plus seven hundred. Yeah, I'll buy that. They if James Harden and Embiid are together and healthy, they can beat anyone, uh, regardless of what happens in Brooklyn or anywhere else. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I mean, I I do like them. I mean, I think I think two having two people is more important than having. Three really good people, which they almost partly because to have a good third person, you have to pay a lot of money for them normally. But their third, you know, star, so to speak, right now is Tyrese Maxey, which they're paying nothing for, and you know, so they're able to pay you know someone like Tobias Harris all this money in the world to do nothing. So um, they're really putting that money to work. Um, but just imagine if they had given that a good contract, how good they could be right now. And they, you know, um, but I, I do like them. They've looked good together. Plus 700, I do like that number for them to win this championship. I, I, I might take a little action on that. Um, you, know, you mentioned the next team here, the the Nets are plus 550. Um, you know, it looks like they might be getting their team back together. Ben Simmons, not too far away, making appearances in Philly. Um you know, Kyrie might be playing every game again, so there's a lot of variables to this one. Um, but uh, what, what do you think here? Yeah, uh, right now I'm going to sell this. I, I I don't agree that the Nets have uh, better odds than the Sixers to win the championship right now. Because of the variables? Because of the variables, and like they're going to be in the plan unless something... Yeah, there's a lot... Like they're gonna have to. You could lose two games in the middle. Yeah, into the playoffs, and then they're playing the top seed. They're they're gonna have a tough go through the East. Um, and like I, I know Simmons is eventually gonna play, but dude hasn't played in almost a year. And the last time we saw him play, he was terrible. So, like, is he instantly gonna come in and make this best team? much better or are they going to take time to chill uh i yeah, think the lot up in the air right now for the nets to be as favored as they are yeah no, are, are they the second highest odds third highest odds uh they are the third after the sun and the warriors the top two they're out of yeah, the bucks that uh that seems high for me i'm gonna sell that yeah i mean i think it's a little high too like you said like if you're playing in the playing game, like 
that makes your odds significantly worse if you just use math. Like you yeah. could you could not make it to the real playoffs. <laughs> uh, which if you're in the real playoffs, you at least make it there. Um, so that's one step that they don't have to overcome. But um, and if they they could easily be the favorite too. So it, it's like you said, the, the, there's enough variables that make me hesitate on it that I don't think it's worth the money. Um, but if all the things do go right, they probably will win the championship. You know, like they will be the favorites at least um, if they can get Kyrie back for every game and Simmons fits like they're hoping to. And I, and I think an important thing with Simmons, so I think uh, Steve Nash being the coach, like being one of the smartest players who's ever played the game and a point guard himself, um, I think will use Ben Simmons in a way that um, highlights and uh, his talents and hides any of his deficiencies, um, which is what this what this whole thing is about. Like it's his deficient, like his de- one deficiency overshadows everything else that he does. And I'm not saying it's not a huge deficiency, but you know. If he doesn't have to shoot the basketball, he's great. <laughs> like, I mean, like other than like a, a a normal layup where like he's not scared in the playoffs. Like he he's not scared normally when he's going to the basket in the regular season. Whether or not, whether how he will react like on the road if they like if they ended up playing at this the Sixers in the playoffs, <laughs> that would be incredible. Uh, yeah, I would love that. Yeah, um, that is the dream matchup. Uh, I think it wouldn't happen until the way it's shaped up now. Probably not till the East Finals, because um, it looks like. Uh, well, actually, it could be. Who knows? Well, it's way too early to start predicting matchups, but um, that would be a great matchup, and uh, and we'd really see how Ben Simmons' mental makeup is at that point. Really put it to the test. Um, but even come back to a regular game is going to do that too. Um, I, I think, I, I think the the home fans will be very supportive. The road fans, I, I don't think we'll really give them too much crap or anything like that. Even though people have been making fun of them for a year now. Um, so, um, yeah, I did, I did see something. I think um, in Game Six of that series, the Sixers won a very close game. That could have easily gone the other way, and if they had lost, that shot would not have happened because they they were down in the series, and none like he would still be on the team, I guess, right? Like there would be none of this drama. Like he'd still suck. People would have still said he sucked, but that one non-shot was the thing that got him traded, right? Yeah, and I guess the fallout after that yeah exactly yeah everything yeah i agree with that yeah so it's just interesting to think about that especially like something super small like that that like just is so random too it's just a weird thing um nba is full of what ifs so um another what if is if the bucks go back to back that'd be 650 plus 650 would you like those odds that's second or that's a favorite Behind our second favorite behind the Nets in the East, just out of the Sixers. Yeah, I mean, when you have Giannis, anything is possible. 
Um, it, it, like you said earlier, the team's a little disappointing compared to where we thought they would be this year, but still number two in the East right now. And uh, like I said, you got Giannis, you still got Milton and Drew playing well. So they haven't really gotten a whole lot of attention this year, but if they're in the position to strike, um, odds are fine, I guess. I, I don't think it really stands out either way for me. Like, so, so it sounds like you like the Sixers better than the Bucks. Yeah, I do. I, I think you got two players that can be just like absolute game alters and can win you a game by themselves. And I, I wouldn't put Middleton or Drew in that category. Yeah, I, I'd hesitate to put Milton in that category, but he did have a couple games last season where he did, like, especially in the fourth quarter, he had some games where he took over where he didn't have a great game overall. But I, he's not James Harden. I'll give you that. Like, um, but he, he's better than James Harden in the playoffs. I might have to say though. <laughs> yeah, I saw uh, people are starting to call him Small Game James. Um, <laughs> I didn't hear about that, but that's funny. Yeah, that's uh. Not a moniker you want. No, no, definitely not. But uh, no, I think the Bucks. I mean, they got the same recipe as last year, and um, and I, I think I like their odds better than the Sixers, just because they have one extra, one extra guy who can be there. Like that was that was the thing that like. That's part of the thing that's nice about having a big three is you have the luxury of if one one guy's off that night, then the other two can pick him up. Where if you just have a big two and one guy has an off night, it's hard for the other guy to really just pick up the pieces for the one guy. Um, so it gives you a bigger margin of error, I would say. And I like that for the, the Bucks, And I think that I, I would be more scared of Giannis in a playoff series than Embiid. Not just... Just because, um, I guess Giannis has probably been there longer, um, and I, I, I think, uh, I do think they should be favored. They should be favored over the Nets. So I, I would say the Bucks should be favored if I was going to make the odds right now. So, um, but they, they should all be pretty close. I think those three have by far the best chance to win in the East. Um, and then let's we'll hop over to the West real quick. The Suns at plus 410. Um, these are, they're the favorites to win it all, just ahead of the Warriors at plus 480, which I think is a ridiculous difference. Yeah, it, like just because the Warriors have not looked nearly as competent as the Suns. Yeah. That's your concern? Yeah. yeah I, I agree with that. Um, I mean, baked into this Suns price is the fact that CP3 is going to come back and be fine, which I know we mentioned earlier seems likely. Um, but they're just running away with the West right now, so they don't really need to worry about winning games too much um, for the rest of the season. And, like, even without CP3, they're still... You know, not keeping pace with their uh, win record prior, but you know, they're still six and four in the last ten. So 
not like they're falling apart or anything. And you're getting to see like some big games from their other players also, like um, Peyton and Bridges. So it's good to see that. Good to see other players stepping up when CP3 isn't there. Um, I would still definitely call them the favorites to get out of the West. And you know, they're going to have a cupcake matchup in the first round, probably. And then um, second round, they're likely playing a flawed team. You know, maybe that's the Jazz, maybe it's the Mavericks. But, um, yeah, I think you can feel pretty confident about the Suns making the West Finals. Yeah, I, I, I do as well. I mean, this is as soft as the West has been in, I, since I can remember. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, I think plus 410, I think I really do like them. I think they are the favorites. I think they are the best team. They have a better chance to get to the finals than anyone in the East does um, just because they don't have to play as many tough teams to get there, which I think is a huge deal. Um, And, yeah, I mean, as long as CP3 comes back healthy and they find a little rhythm for the playoffs, I think he should be back in a couple weeks, um, it sounded like. And then I have no worries about him going to the playoffs. I mean, I, I I don't have any worries about Chris Paul going to the playoffs. I mean, he's, he always performs um, even despite his bad rap and the fact that he hasn't won a championship. It doesn't mean he doesn't perform out there. So um, we saw last season. I think we'll see them make another deep run again, uh, especially if they get any kind of luck like they did last year too. Um, would go a long ways. Yeah, I, I agree. I think something we need to emphasize is that the teams in the East are going to have a slog getting out. And yeah. the Sun being like, they should be pretty clear favorites to be in the finals. Yeah. Which I guess transitions us to the Warriors. And like you said, I don't understand the price that they're getting. They uh, That has to assume that Draymond's coming back and he's 100%. Yeah, that's right. Definitely now they are plus four eighty. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, they need Draymond back. I don't like. I I almost didn't put him in here because I don't know. It seemed like Draymond might not come back. Like they said, it was gonna this injury wasn't gonna last that long. It just keeps going, going. Seems like so. Um, you know, plus when they're like the second favorites, and I almost thought about not including him. I mean, Steph hasn't been playing well enough. You know, close to well enough and to um, to move on in the playoffs if Draymond's not there. Clay, you know, had thirty eight last night or whatever it was, but you know he hasn't been what you can't expect him to be his old self right away after that long off. But you know, it's just something you can't rely on in the playoffs. And uh, and I mean, I I think they could easily make it to the. West Finals just because, um, like we're saying, it's it's pretty soft, but I don't think they can beat the Suns. Uh, I don't think it would really be that close if they played right now, um, healthy. So, um, yeah, like I said, this, this is the one I would like the least. If I could short one of these, <laughs> I would short the Warriors. Um, and then our next one is the Grizz, the most fun pick of them all at plus... 3,000, so 30 to 1 odds. Yeah, I think that's good value. I would put money on that. 
like the Grizz are the second best team in the West right now. So, um, yeah, there's just like such a divergence between this number and the Warriors number. I mean, yeah. I don't think they're going to win, but 31 is great odds. So, I would take that. Yeah, same. I mean, we talked about how great Jaws and that team is deep. Um, you know, they're not very well proven, but when you get that kind of odds, um, I think you just take them and, you know, be playing with house money, so to speak, if you, if you hit it. So, um, we, we, we kind of spent enough time on the Grizzly already. Uh, so, let's move on to the Heat at plus 1,200, the number one seed in the East, um, getting a little disrespected here compared to some of the other contenders in the East. Yeah, I think... Like the primary concern is that they play the Nets in the first round, um, but yeah, they have the best plus minus in the East besides the Celtics right now. Uh, so they've been playing really well despite missing a lot of their players for a lot of the season. Um, they don't get a lot of attention, no. but yeah, you know, I I think you know if we're thinking about who's going to make it out of the East. They're definitely in that conversation. Yeah, for sure. No one wants to play them in the playoffs. Like they're just going to be a pain in the ass to play for seven games. Um, yeah. So uh, no, I, I think the Heat at plus twelve hundred. I like that. Um, I like their odds almost as much as the other three teams we talked about earlier. Um, so getting that much more money and bang for your buck, um, I'm going to take that. Um, I think. You know, Jimmy Butler can be the best player in any series. Their defense will be great. They got shooting. Um, Bam, you know, is just kind of a do-it-all, kind of, you know, whatever you need him to do, he'll do, cover whoever. Um, you know, switch on the pick and rolls, you know, be an assist man, go get him a bucket, whatever they need. So um, he's just a great guy to have in the playoffs because as you change your game plans from game to game and series to series, um, he's a, you know, a Swiss army knife, so to speak, where you can kind of use them in many different ways. Kind of, kind of like a Draymond Green, but a little more skilled on offense and maybe not quite the savant that Draymond is overall as a basketball mind. Um, so moving on to the Mavs at plus 3,600. I, I really like this one. Um, you get Luca at plus 3,600. That's, that's really all my argument is. Um, he can be the best player in every series that he plays in um, every time. Um, and they're playing really well. Their defense is great. Um, it's, it's a lot better than it was last couple seasons. Um, and um, they got shooting around them. Um, and the Spencer didn't win he trade. It seemed to work out, which I kind of questioned at first. Um, but he's been playing great. And they got three-guard lineups now that they play together sometimes. And, and you know, they always have a good – good guard on the court, whether it's Brunson, Dinwiddie, or or Doncic, so. Yeah, agreed with that. Again, like, 36-1 odds, and just like you said, you've got Luka, which means you can win any series, so, agreed. I, I like those numbers also. Yeah, and I also like these numbers. I, this is the one I like the best, the Nuggets at plus 2,700. Um, for the same kind of reason, yeah, you get Jokic, but yeah, you might also get Murray and Porter Jr. And if they both come back and look anything close to what they are potentially can play like, 
Um, they might be the favorites in the West. Yeah. Um, Has there been any updates on their status? I haven't. I haven't heard anything official. I've heard like some rumblings that they're coming back in the next couple of weeks, but nothing. Nothing official. So. Be nice. It'd be just great for basketball for him to come back, um, and just great for them making a recovery. So, um, that that's my logic behind it. When you get that big of odds and you can have something that could be that great, why not take it? Yeah, I I like the logic. Um, I still just like. I mean, you're throwing away money. Like mostly. To see it. Yeah. yeah, I got you. All right, and then the Jazz, I, I almost hesitated putting the Jazz on here because, like, at plus 1,800, I, I don't really like their odds. Um, Donovan Mitchell, I he, he's played great in the playoffs, but I hesitate to think that he could be the best player on a championship team. Like, it just seems like he's a tier below that. Um, but I don't, I don't want to – I want him to prove me wrong. I put him on here so that, given the benefit of the doubt – um, and, you know, I mean, he does step it up every year in the playoffs. Um, I'll give him that. I mean, he's played great the last couple seasons, uh, just hasn't had much help from his teammates, uh, and their defense hasn't stepped it up to, uh, to be able to advance. But, um, you know, they, they got pretty much the same team. They're, they're without Joe Ingles, um, which will hurt him a little bit. Um, so they got a little less depth, um, but I think they'll probably make the second round and lose. I mean, that's they, they've struggled to do in recent years. Yeah, it is going by the Jazz playbook. Um, yeah, second round and lose. Um, I agree. I I like the odds for Grizz, Mavs, and Nuggets way better than the Jazz. So I'll sell the plus eighteen hundred. And I got the Salts at plus eighteen hundred, who are eighteen and three in their last twenty one games. So they are taking the league by storm. Um, best team in the league during that stretch. Um, eighteen hundred. I probably don't like it quite enough to like. I, I do like this team. I think they will be a tough out. I just like those other three teams better than them, um, or really other four teams. If you include the Heat, um, so I, I, I think I'll probably sell on this, but um, we'll be excited to see them in the playoffs. Yeah, I I feel pretty good about them. Like, do you? So, so if we have the playoffs today, they're playing the Bulls in the playoffs, and I take the Celtics over the Bulls pretty easily. Well, the Bulls um, aren't on this list. Yeah. Uh, and then, like, do we, do we really think they are, that the Nets are three times as likely to win everything? Or, like, the Bucks or Sixers, basically all of them are two to three times as likely to win it all than the Celtics are? Yeah. If, if I were to pick, like, who in the East I'm putting money on, I think I would go Sixers, Heat, Celtics. Um, just because I, I love the Celtics odds, and like you said, they are playing really, really well recently. 
Yeah, I think I'd go Heat and then Bucks. Would be my top two, but plus twelve hundred, plus six fifty with the Bucks. Yeah, I I think it's at least more of a conversation than the Jazz are. Um, No, I agree with that. Um, Yeah. So uh, that was the eleven teams I had. Do you think I missed any any teams that shouldn't have been included on here? No, I, I don't think I can really make a case for anyone else winning the championship this year. Yeah, I, I don't think so. I, I almost thought about putting the Clippers on there in case Kawhi and Paul George comes back. Um, yeah, that just doesn't seem... It, it seems like Paul George might come back, but... Yeah, it's it, like, I, I don't know if Kawhi is. Yeah, I ultimately didn't put it on there, but it might be something for people betting out there. Just go throw 20 bucks on... Just see what happens because their odds are probably pretty big right now, unless they unless Vegas knows something we don't. So, I think that's it for the contenders here. We'll we'll still be on the contender side here. We'll finish with some final picks. So, Brownlee, I'll let you go first. Who's your finals picks? How many games? Who wins? Yeah, I will take the Suns. And the Sixers, the Suns will win in six. I got the Suns over the Heat in six. So we got the same champion, but different opponent. Um, and we'll, we'll see. I mean, I think I think the Suns are definitely the favorite here. But this is as open as, you know, really the NBA has been in the last, really this century. Um, and really even before then, because the Bulls ruled before then too. So... It's been a while since we've seen you know, where there's really like you could make a case for eleven teams to win the championship. A lot of the, a lot of like the last couple teams, it's a stretch, but still, um, you you never really can do that otherwise. Um, so it'll be a really interesting playoffs. I think we're in for a treat. We'll see, hopefully, a lot of good games, good series throughout. We won't have to wait till the the finals to see some good series. So. I'm excited. We got less than a month of the playoffs. Got some good basketball. Um, you know, there'll be some jockeying for seedings over this next month. Um, I think most of the playoff and playing teams are kind of solidified. Uh, it seems like there won't be much flip flopping. Um, it looks like the the Timberwolves might be able to grab the sixth seed potentially if they keep playing well. Um, but otherwise, um, it won't be too dramatic. It doesn't seem like right now. But like I said, we got a month ago, a lot to happen. So um, we will see how the rest of the record season unfolds. And then we will be ready for the playoffs in one month. So let's get Can't pumps. Can't wait. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Peace.